Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Into the Borough podcast here on TBR Media's network. My name is Jared, Chief Editor of TBR Media, and thank you so much for checking out the podcast. This week, we have a whole host of topics to talk about in the news, uh, everything from the looming writer strike and what people are saying and how are the other guilds responding to the potential of a writer's guild strike. Uh, all of that. And then also Markiplier to star and direct a new horror movie. Uh, it's an adaptation from a game. We also have National Treasure news for fans of National Treasure. Uh, the Disney Plus uh, hopefuls that really like that show, uh, unfortunately, might not be getting a second season. In fact, you're not. <laughs> I'll just tell you that right now. Uh, some updates on the Jonathan Majors situation, and then talking the box office for Evil Dead Rise, and how is Mario Brothers still holding up? All of that and more, and then later in the episode, we are also going to be reviewing Evil Dead Rise. Um, what a great little movie that is, but check out the full review later in the episode, or the full video review is also posted on YouTube. Later in the episode, of course, just like every week, we're going to be breaking down what is new to watch uh, in the coming week for you. So it's a great show. I hope you stick around for it. And without further ado, let's get into the news. From 2018 until present, we have been firm supporters of Patreon, but we've noticed over the years that our supporters really don't utilize all the perks we have to offer for various tiers. So we wanted to make it easier to support our mission in cultivating a community of passionate media consumers and amplifying indie cinema. Starting today, we are excited to announce that you can do this by simply buying our team a coffee. The only exclusive item that will be made available to members is our podcast, Close Up. For just $5, the price of a cup of coffee, you can watch and listen to Ren and Jared talk about everything from life to the latest theatrical releases. Our membership options also get you producer credits on all of our videos and podcasts, access to our Discord server, and a merch discount of 15%. In addition, we've added wishlist items to the page to make it easier to help us upgrade critical equipment to produce quality content and commissions to react and review to a piece of media of your choosing. This could be films, trailers, songs, anything of the such. This is the first of many exciting changes coming at TBR Media. We hope you will follow along for the journey. TBR Media is your movie refuge. The headlines this week come from The Hollywood Reporter, Deadline, Variety, and Slash Film. The Directors Guild has warned members about not crossing the picket line in the event of a writer's strike. The DGA has a no-strike clause in its contract which promises its members will continue to work even if the WGA initiates a strike over the terms of its agreement with the studios. The union representing directors, unit production managers, and assistant directors reminded its more than 19,000 members on Tuesday in a message obtained by The Hollywood Reporter of the DGA's no-strike clause with the studios and streamers. 
This clause, while common in labor contracts, requires that the union will not call or engage in or assist any strike, slowdown, or stoppage of work affecting motion picture production. For members who belong both with the WGA and the DGA, the director's union advised that if they are working on a project only as a member of the DGA and not as a writer, then you must continue to work. The DGA is currently scheduled to enter in negotiations with the AMPTP on May 10th. Even if the writers do go on strike after their contract expires on May 1st, the union assured its members that a potential work stoppage would not affect the start of their negotiations. In other news, Markiplier, the popular YouTube star, is set to star in and direct horror film Iron Lung from his own script. It's a self-financed feature that adapts the video game. And for those of you who haven't heard of Iron Lung, it is based on the best-selling 2022 submarine horror game of the same name. And for fans of National Treasure, it's been cancelled by Disney Plus after just one season. The show from Disney-branded television and ABC Signature is an expansion of the National Treasure movie franchise told from the point of view of young heroine. A number of Disney Plus non-Marvel and Star Wars original series have been cancelled after one or two seasons, including Big Shot, The Mighty Ducks, Game Changers, The Mysterious Benedict Society, Diary of a Future President, and Turner and Hooch. It seems that if you don't have a popular IP at the backdrop of your show, the prospects of a season two aren't looking great. In some more Jonathan Majors news, it appears that we are preparing for the May 8th court appearance on domestic violence charges, but his PR problems are getting bigger. Sources familiar with the matter tell Variety that multiple alleged abuse victims of Majors have come forward following his March arrest and are cooperating with the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. Separately, Majors has been dropped from multiple ad campaigns and is stepping down from the board of the Gotham Film and Media Institute. The industry was also jolted by news that Majors' publicist, the late company and management 360, had dropped their star client well before his first court appearance next month. And we'll keep you posted right here on the Into the Borough podcast for any updates regarding this particular story and how it pertains to his career and legacy in Hollywood. Evil Dead Rise couldn't topple Nintendo's juggernaut Super Mario Brothers and is set to safely hold the box office top spot in its fourth weekend, with an estimated $58 million added to its domestic total, plus another $65 million from overseas markets, per The Hollywood Reporter, which brings its total worldwide box office to $866 million. The billion-dollar milestone is inevitable at this point for Super Mario Bros. Nonetheless, Evil Dead Rise has landed at number two and is showing why horror is one of the most reliable genres at the box office. With a production budget of $15 million, the movie grossed $10.3 million on Friday alone from a little under 3,500 locations and is now projected for an opening weekend north of $23 million. That's ahead of earlier estimates, which had Rise pegged for a $15 to $20 million debut. Bo's Afraid lands at number 9 this week with a respectable $2.7 million from just under 1,000 screens. This is Astor's most expensive movie so far with a production budget of $35 million. So the prospects for that breaking even are not looking good, and it's not helped by the fact that a lot of people have had problems with the movie. So we put out a couple of polls 
Uh, 100% of people on Instagram that we polled said that Evil Dead Rise would make $10 million. And then over on YouTube, the number was a little bit higher, but not by much. 100% of poll users found that Evil Dead Rise might make an opening weekend of $12 million, which it's far surpassing. And this is just your weekly reminder that we do a weekly box office projection polling where we poll Instagram followers and YouTube subscribers about what they think the latest titles will make at the box office opening weekend. And if you want to participate, please do follow us on Instagram and subscribe to YouTube for that. And that concludes your last week's news update. Have you checked out our YouTube channel yet? That's where we upload video reviews of the latest TV shows and movies, stream gaming content on occasion, and recently, we've started doing in-depth video essay analysis. We have a goal to reach 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year, and we need your help to get there. We'd like to celebrate by doing something special for all of our subscribers if we hit this goal. And we'll rely on you to help decide what we end up doing. To find us, simply search at the Borough Media on YouTube. Make sure to not only subscribe if you like the content, but to give the video a like and ring the bell to make sure you receive notifications when we upload or go live. TBR Media is your movie refuge. Today we are going to be reviewing and talking about Lee Cronin's Evil Dead Rise. It is in theaters right now and I recommend everyone go check this horror film out. It is brutal, it is bloody, and it is a whole lot of fun. Everything that you would expect from a proper Evil Dead sequel. Lee Cronin last directed The Hole in the Ground from 2019, and I gotta say, technically this film is way more interesting and intricate than I expected it to be. The whole team, everyone from the sound department to the mixing to the cinematography especially, deserves so much credit for all the work that they put into this film. My favorite thing about this particular movie is the fact that it is so centralized to one family. You almost have this family dynamic unfold throughout the whole movie's runtime, which is just a little over an hour and a half, and every minute is used so well that I, after the movie, I thought that I could have used even maybe a few more minutes, and that's rare for me. And as previously mentioned, I think the cast is absolutely fantastic, but there are a couple of standouts that I want to shout out in this review. And that is Alyssa Sutherland as Elle, and then also Beth, played by Lily Sullivan. At the heart, this is the story of two sisters and their family, and the way that the characters react and respond to one another is so minute down to the little details that everything feels so intentional. And that comes out through how the camera captures these characters moving about this apartment and also how the characters respond to certain situations in such subtle ways. And obviously it's an Evil Dead movie, so you expect the grandiose violence and there's a lot of that here. There's a few sequences even that are worth mentioning. There's a whole sequence centered around 
this uh, peephole in this door and the way it's shot is so enthralling mixed with the sound design of people pacing the hallways and then another key scene with a cheese shredder and you'll know when you see it i don't want to spoil anything here this is a non-spoiler review after all but it's worth mentioning because those sequences that are contained solely to that apartment are some of the most thrilling sequences that I've seen in any horror movie in the last few years. And it's it's almost like this particular movie has all of the flavors that you would expect from the Evil Dead franchise, the brutality, the comedy, kind of the more parody uh, of the Evil Dead franchise. And that is so refreshing on so many levels just to see all of the elements that we know and love from before come back here and blend together so seamlessly. Dave Garbett is the cinematographer here, and I, I wanna explicitly point out that he does such incredible work, and it's very reminiscent of Ash vs. Evil Dead, and that's for many reasons, but one of the main is that he was also working as a director of photography on that show, and let me tell you, when that show ended, it was devastating for me. I absolutely loved Bruce Campbell and that whole cast and crew from Ash vs. Evil Dead. And so to see that kind of unique style incorporated in this movie, but amplified in certain ways, was definitely something worthwhile for any Evil Dead fan. But I would argue that this movie also works for the majority of horror fans. If you're a horror fan, you're going to absolutely have a fantastic time with this movie. Like I said, you have the brutality with violence. There's so much blood, elevators full of blood, if you will. There are references to aliens, to The Shining. Uh, there are so many different things that are occurring on separate levels, but somehow it all blends into one cohesive story. And at the end of the day, like I said, that family center at the heart of this movie is really what makes this stand out among this particular franchise. But also, I think it, it's worth noting that it warrants viewing from horror fans alike, even if you are not particularly an Evil Dead person. We had watched it in a Dolby Atmos theater, and that has to be one of the loudest experiences that I've had in a movie. There were multiple comments after the credits were rolling about how loud it was from multiple different people. But again, I think the sound design and the engineering behind that particular portion of this film really accentuates itself when you're in a setting, if you can see it in Dolby Atmos, I would highly recommend doing it. It might be allowed, but it does enhance the experience. And that's not always the case with movies that use sound in the way that this film does. But I think here, not only does it add a lot of tension, and keep in mind too, that a lot of the set pieces are very, very predictable. So this movie doesn't really get points for being creative in, in the way that particular scare sequences are formed or in the way that you react to certain things when you know that they're coming. But I think the beauty of the film is that it's so well made that it almost doesn't matter. It's building atmosphere. It's 100% atmosphere, this movie, um, mixed with such a simple story that goes awry. And from the opening drone shot all the way until the last credits, you know that this movie is relentless in its mission to terrify audiences in a relatively traditional way. But again, it's so unique in the way that they use the sound, that they incorporate the cinematography here. There are a few you know, composites that are absolutely stunning and it's a whole lot of fun to watch visually. 
you know, without the added benefits of having that really intense and purposeful sound design. So overall, I would say definitely, if you're an Evil Dead fan, if you're a horror fan, you have to see this movie this weekend in theaters. I know that they're projecting it to make anywhere from 10 to 15 million, but I really hope it's able to surpass that. We saw it on Thursday night with a pretty packed audience, mind you, and everyone had a whole lot of fun in the movie. Ren was with me. Uh, she did like the movie, but it did frighten her, and she's not really an Evil Dead, you know, stan or fan at all. But again, I think this is a Fright Night, Friday night experience, and I would highly recommend go check this out in a packed theater near you. I know at this point, you've heard a lot about our website, theboroughmedia.com, but I wanted to share some of the content you can expect from us in case you missed it. On our site, you'll find podcasts, movie reviews, opinion articles, and more content covering all types of cinema. If you're looking for a review on your latest project, we've got you covered. Simply search theboroughmedia.com in your website browser and you'll find us. As a company residing in Nebraska, we know how hard it can be to get your message out to the world and we want to help. Find our contact page on our website and fill out the form. You'll also find a list of submission guidelines on the page. Not every submission will be accepted mainly due to time restrictions, but we welcome all types of motion pictures. So what are you waiting for? Head over to the site now and check it out. TVR Media is your movie refuge. And now we're going to get into our favorite segment of the week, telling you all what you can find right now on streaming and in theaters. So obviously we had mentioned that Bo is Afraid and also uh, Evil Dead Rise are out in theaters right now. So you can check those out during the week if you wish. Um, But we are going to dive into more of the streaming side of things right now. There were a couple of interesting watches to find over the last weekend, uh, starting with Dead Ringers. The gender swap series remake of David Cronenberg's 1988 thriller sees Rachel Weisz taking over from Jeremy Irons to play dangerously codependent identical twins. You can find that on Prime Video. Rachel Weisz is awesome in everything that she does. Additionally, Chris Evans and Ana de Armas make an attractive butt-kicking pair in this romantic action comedy, Ghosted, from Apple TV+, Plus, which premiered on April 22nd over the weekend. And then coming from HBO Max on April 27th, we have Love and Death. It's an 80s true crime story of Candy Montgomery that has been told on screen before, most recently last year in Hulu's Candy, starring Jessica Biel. In this new limited series, Elizabeth Olsen takes on the role of the suburban Texas housewife who was accused of murdering her best friend. And that is going to wrap up the show today, everyone. Thank you so much again for listening to the Into the Burrow podcast. Here's your weekly reminder to go over to Buy Me a Coffee. The link is going to be in the show notes and help support our mission at amplifying indie cinema and discussing all things movie and TV related news, reviews, features, essays. Uh, We love doing everything that we do here on TBR Media, but it also helps to pay our contributors here at TBR Media. We do, unlike a lot of other sites and uh, networks at our level, we do pay our contributors and we want to just keep cultivating that Uh, discussion and that collaboration between everyone in the film fan community. And make sure to share the Into the Borough podcast with all of your friends and family who are involved in the entertainment world, who have an interest in it. It really does go a long way at helping the show. And also make sure to, I don't often say this, but make sure to rate our podcast highly on those platforms as well, because it does go a long way in the algorithm. We'll be back 
next week on the Into the Borough podcast, discussing all of the latest Hollywood and entertainment news, giving you possibly another review, and then telling you what's new to streaming and what to watch. And who could forget box office projection? I mean, that's a whole lot of fun. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening and taking the time to show your support, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye.